Good morning, everyone. Paul here from Cedar Grove Capital. Thank you for tuning in to the audio version of today's post. Uh, this post is going to be about uh, a trend that I'm watching, which is titled Americans uh, Keeping Their Cars for Longer and Why Americans Are Holding On to Their Cars and How to Kind of Play the Trend. Um, so I remember when I was a kid, my, my dad would be the family mechanic and would help tune and maintain our family cars. They weren't anything extravagant, but just the average family Toyota Camry and like Nissan Altima uh, that we held on for like over a decade. I'd always go to him with uh, to AutoZone, you know, to pick up parts to fix our cars and help out any way I could, like holding a flashlight or, you know, grabbing some tool, like just to help out any way. And I feel like I was important. Um, but this was a traditional uh, in our family, right? Like the kid always helped out the dad and, and the day to day handy stuff. Um, and I'm sure others did as well. Um, and it really got me asking myself on a, on a random thought. I wonder if people still hold on to their cars for as long as we did, right? Because we held it for over a decade. Um, and the, to be honest with you, the short answer is yes. Um, so this got me thinking, um, like, what can we do here? So uh, overall, car ownership is actually lasting longer. Uh, when I Googled the simple question, it seemed to be a hot topic that publications are reporting on. Americans were holding onto their cars for longer, and the pandemic only made the situation worse. Uh, the average car in the U.S. was about 12 years old in 2020, which was an increase of nearly two months over the previous year, and up from 9.6 years in 2002, as COVID-19 shutdowns kept many people at home and their cars off the road. The pandemic lengthened the average age of cars, as cars did not tack on as many miles in 2020, and many drivers looked to save money, forcing new car sales to slump at the onset of the pandemic. Um, so obviously the trend is only going up. Um, if you're listening in, uh, I have a visual from uh, the Wall Street Journal that basically shows you the trend line and how steep it is uh, of an incline of just how many years uh, the average American is holding on to their cars. But, you know, this also got me thinking, too, like, so if, if Americans are holding on to their cars for longer, like what what is fueling this? Right. What's the underlying foundation of this? Um, so there's actually a few reasons why Americans are holding on to their cars for longer. And after, you know, I explain them to you, they actually make pretty good sense. So first off, cars are becoming uh, like just more well made. The average age of cars has been steadily increasing for about 15 years now due to higher prices for new cars and the increasing longevity of vehicles. 20 years ago, a car might have had uh, changed hands like once or twice and, and lasted about 100,000 miles. It is more common today for a car to have multiple owners and last for 200,000 miles or more. In a snippet that I've included here um, from JD Power Autos uh, on Twitter, they, they mentioned that you know vehicle dependability is at an all-time high with the overall level of problems cited by owners declining 10% from a year ago. Um, this is in, according to a study that they did in 2021. So um, from 2020 to 2021, there's a 10% drop in actual issues with, with cars. Um, secondly, there's actually more cars per household these days. So new vehicle sales have been running at a record or near record pace for years, with the exception of a short-lived drop in the early months of the pandemic last, um, in 2020. Instead, since cutting back in the financial crisis, more consumers have been adding to their number of household vehicles. Um, buying a third car for the family instead of getting by on two. Um, for example, you know, the total number of vehicles in operation in the U.S. has risen about 10 percent since 2013 to around 279 million. And then for those again listening in for this chart that I've shown here, um, it's a U.S. residential vehicle accessibility chart, meaning like what part, what percent of Americans 
have access to no vehicle, one vehicle, two or three or more. And it kind of shows a trend line from 2015 to 2019. Um, So the number of households with one or two vehicles has actually decreased over time. However, there has been a steady increase in vehicles of three or more per household, jumping from 19.8% in 2015 to 21.4% in 2019. There's a strong indication that because American households are growing in size, the number of vehicles is also increasing to accommodate them. The data also indicates a rise in steady income, allowing Americans to afford both the car payment on three or more vehicles in addition to the cost of maintenance and car insurance. Thirdly, prices for new and used cars hit all-time highs. Americans are always looking for a deal, and when it comes to cars, trying to get some dollars knocked off the price at a dealership or when you're negotiating off a Craigslist is the name of the game. However, like many things over time, prices do go up. The price paid for an average new vehicle in May was $38,255, a record high according to the research firm J.D. Power. New car prices have risen steadily since the financial crisis, but have soared over the past year, as supply chain disruptions from the pandemic created a seller's market. Used car prices have also uh, marched higher for years and gotten even stronger boosts since the pandemic hit. Average used vehicle prices were up 48% in May from a year earlier. Uh, according to an index produced by auction company Mannheim. With the cost of switching to a new or quote-unquote newer car uh, increasing, the need or desire to want to avoid these costs as long as possible also increases. So there's a direct correlation there. Uh, Lastly, lower rates helped fuel overall sales. So for those of you that are old enough, um, during the pandemic of, not, not the pandemic, I'm sorry, the recession of 08, Uh, The Fed lowered rates to near zero in order to spur economic growth. Americans took advantage of lowered rates and began buying cars again. Uh, For the visual I'm showing you here, you can see the very steep drop off um, in 08 and 09 from cars is because obviously everybody was losing their jobs and everybody thought the world was ending. Uh, And then the rapid um, rate of car buying over the years afterwards, so 2009 and up. The timing of such coincides well with the spurt in car buying some 11 years ago. As rates begin to rise from Fed policy, many more Americans might pull the trigger before they start getting too high, only fueling the long tail of car upkeep down the road. So with these number of points setting the foundation of why Americans are holding their cars for longer, this is kind of how I've thought about playing it. Um, So if cars are lasting longer overall, that doesn't mean that they aren't immune to issues. Repair and maintenance shops are poised to benefit from the lengthening lifespan of cars, as uh, more car owners look to salvage older vehicles. Also, more companies are offering aftermarket products to upgrade infotainment systems and other technology in cars, giving owners of older vehicles the ability to connect their phones to the dashboard, uh, touchscreen, for example. So who do you buy if the owners need parts and upgrades? I've actually listed a few names below and how they compare to each other. The three names that I've actually listed are AutoZone, O'Reilly Automotive, and Advanced Auto Parts. Uh, They're the three biggest names that deal in aftermarket parts, and they're available to publicly trade on the uh, stock market. Given the nature of their business, they aren't terribly expensive either. I generate earnings and margin profiles as well. So for those that are listening in, I have AutoZone uh, pricing at 4 PE at 18 times, uh, O'Reilly Automotive 20.5 times, and Advanced Auto Parts at 16.2 times, uh, which is actually they're all underneath the uh, average for the S&P 500. Um, They've also had a stellar return in the last three years compared to the 61% return 
of the S&P 500. So AutoZone over the last three years has returned 110%. O'Reilly Automotive has returned basically 74%. And Advanced uh, Auto Parts has returned uh, about 31%, which is pretty good if you think about it, considering what kind of market they're in. So they're slow growth, but they're profitable. So it seems like the top two out of the three that I've mentioned, AutoZone and O'Reilly, um, are uh, doing pretty well. But it doesn't seem like you can go wrong with any of those two. So the bottom line, investing in any of these companies is betting on the narrative above. Americans holding onto their cars for longer, and as more vehicles hit the road, their age will only feed into the market for car maintenance. With the run-up over the last two years, the question in which one would yield the highest risk-reward potential, if at all, and at what entry price. So I'll actually be diving into this industry deeper, as I think there's still long-term upside from here, while being a semi-recession proof if the yield curve inverts, which I mentioned the other week. Uh, if you're interested in following along, uh, hit the sign-up link uh, below that I've included in the post um, to catch my next article. And full disclosure as well, I actually did or do have a position in O'Reilly Automotive. Um, I executed it on that yesterday on February 22nd um, as a starter position. So I will um, most likely be writing a post on that for you all as well. But thank you all again, guys. Until next time, this is Cedar Grove Capital signing off. Thanks a lot.